Well, good morning. Today's WGO podcast. What's going on? So, just finished up. Frankly, we did win this election. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, you got uh, this one lady. I think her name was Sandra in the book. She uh, lived in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, I believe. Didn't make a lot of money. Worked at Walmart, it said. And she went to 20 Trump rallies. And she was part of a group called that were called the Front Row Joes. She went to 20 Trump rallies just in the year 2020, you know, a year of COVID. And then total did 56 of these things. And, you know, people were fanatical. So you had this, people like her, that end of the spectrum, where people were just totally fanatical with this vague idea of what they thought they were supporting. And then the other end of the spectrum, after he had created the conditions for the insurrection on January 6th, and more details of that, of course, are emerging every day in the news, but it wasn't good, and people are in collective denial about it, and people continue to be in denial about what Trump really was, and seem to be unable to separate from what they think they know, from what can be is clearly documented and been written about extensively now and continues to be extensive because there's a lot of damage was done and uh so the other end of the spectrum was this group of people after he had settled down a little bit because he was in complete denial about he wasn't going to concede the election and was being advised by people like rudy giuliani to just say fuck it so they just say we won (laughs) you know like literally like creating their own alternative reality regardless of facts or results or anything. And then beating the drum, you know, the gaslighting is when you continue to try to spin a narrative until people actually start to believe it, to believe your shit. And in this case, they were spinning this narrative like that the election was stolen and that there were all these people, you know, all this nefarious stuff going on that none of it was, none of it ever panned out. None of it was documented ever. So it's very dangerous, you know. It's like basically things become divorced from reality very very dangerous so it was a very nationalistic uh, often very white movement and then the at the end when he started settling down he's back in in South Florida at Miralago he's uh, described a dinner scene where this Wall Street Journal reporter who wrote this book Michael Bender is there and many people were there were in their 70s and 80s and with wives that were half that age, and there's a cello, you know, in the background, and several course meal and drink, drinking. And it's just like, you know, this completely out of touch. Like, so you have these people working at Walmart that are going to rallies. Front row Joe is literally sleeping in their cars and sleeping in tents and sleeping bags so they can be in the front rows of these rallies where people were whipped into a frenzy, tens of thousands of people in some cases. And then the other end, you have, kind of have the people that are writing the big checks that are sitting there at Miralago. They have Miralago memberships, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> sitting around, listening to the cellos, drinking, going, here, here, and, you know, pray to the king. You know, he comes out after he loses, and they're still kissing his ass. Just freaking weird, man. So, well, I guess what the book has done, and all of this stuff recently has done for me, is it's really illuminated something that used to baffle me, which is, how do humans get to a point where a Nazi Germany happens? Where you have a 
person rise up and whip people into a frenzy and, and it becomes a murderous frenzy. And, you know, unfortunately, it becomes too much of an anti-Semitic, you know, Jewish story here in the United States. Because obviously we've heard over and over again about how many, you know, six million, seven million Jews were murdered during this reign of terror by Adolf Hitler and his, and his freaking henchmen and his, the people, his movement, which was people like these front row Joes and these 80-year-old men hanging out listening to cellos at Bureau Lago after he's lost the election, telling him, boy, you, st- you still got him and blah, blah, blah. You know, just still not, still not having to deal with any kind of reality whatsoever. And oblivious to the struggles of humanity. I guess not their fucking problem. And it's their own damn fault they have the life they have. You know, that kind of mentality. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, the nature of whatever the European history was at the time, which definitely had a Jewish, Jewish thread in the story, and then the number of Jews that came to the United States, I think we... Unfortunately, we, we over-focused on the Holocaust and the Jewish Holocaust to, the, to, the, uh, to a fault because we're, we were unable to see that this is a like, common thing. Like human, these movements have nothing to do with being Jewish or not Jewish or fucking anti-Semitic at all. It's just that's what it seems like because what it really is, it's like this is the nature of how power happens and money. And if it has a, a label of you know, a brand or a tribe of Jewish versus this or white versus black or, you know, European versus American or West versus East, you know, U.S. versus China, whatever labeling you need to have to fucking leave me alone with your fucking triggered bullshit. But clearly there's some residual uh, Jewish narrative here because of you know that this has been woven into Western capitalism for a number of reasons, some of which I would definitely get wrong because you know you could spend your whole life studying nothing but that. You know, how did the Jewish people become the boogeyman in Europe in the 30s and 40s? But you know, again, again I want to stress that they weren't the only boogeyman. They were rounding up gypsies, they were murdering all kinds of people, they were murdering Russians like crazy. More Russians died than Jews. I think they killed like almost 20 million Russians, something like that. 17 million, some crazy number. Nobody seems to give a shit about that. Again, that's part of what's woven into, you know, the, it wasn't the only storytellers, you know, movie makers in the United States weren't only Jewish. But there were enough such, such that the narrative was a little bit skewed to where you heard more, there were more what, laser focused on the Holocaust, you know, your Schindler's lists and this sort of thing, which... Told, told you know an accurate story, I believe. I think from what I've seen, that was definitely going down. You know, these movies were real, but they left out a lot, and they left out a lot of perspective. And it becomes this thing. It's just focused on the Jews are the only ones that were ever slighted, which you know is is it's not helpful, and it actually creates some of the neo-Nazi type shit you still see today because people won't aren't comfortable with exploring the roots of power and money and who's got what, who owns what. People aren't comfortable with that discussion. And you do have aggressive groups that go out and buy up shit and buy up everything. Not just Jews, but I'm sure there's some of that in the mix for sure. Why wouldn't there be? You don't think there's Russian and, you know, weren't the Russian oligarchs disproportionately Jewish? And how did that happen? What is that about? 
Like, for you know, what, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> what is that? How did that happen? What, the Russian Jews were the only ones that had money or access or insight to buy this shit up? And even if they were, why, why is that, why is that not, not able to be challenged where everybody else is left with nothing, you know? <laughs> Especially in capitalism where that kind of little detail matters. Like, you can buy up the whole fucking thing. And then there ain't nothing really good for anybody else to buy or be a part of or own or share in. So it actually does matter. And people shouldn't be afraid to, you know, ask questions or be like, well, why, why is that? Or how did that happen? Or whatever. I mean, you got to be able to go there, too. And it is part of the friction, I think, today. You know, I've brought this up before. And I have to bring it up again because I, I think that you see right-wing neo-Nazi stuff bubble up. Because it becomes this thing, like like those, uh, I'm visualizing like these rich fuckers in Miralago listening to cello music that are 80 years old. They're the ones that would benefit from having a Proud Boys or a neo-Nazi movement because these are the henchmen to kind of preserve their wealth. And they would perceive, you know, I could see especially like New York, South Florida dynamic where it's like this old waspy, you know, element. And then you got the old Catholic element and then you got... You know, the Jewish element. You got these three, like, uh, traditional economic powers that fucking are at each other's throats all the time and have insider information and have views about things because they sit at the tables of power and they know how these things work. So there's something to it. Unfortunately, the the 98%, 99% of humanity gets swept up in the craziness. And we become, you know, the people that throw... To participate in riots and marches and show up at Trump rallies or other such nonsense. It's all very distracting, too. It's like the 99%, we, we can barely come up for air enough. And, you know, I'm dealing with it even in my own life right now. And you're, you're just trying to survive today. And you're trying to keep your car and your house from getting repossessed today. You know, you're trying to stay on top of your own shit just so you don't have time sometimes. You don't really have the, the mental calmness to really contemplate what the reality might be. Like, you might be snookered. We all might be snookered. But we can't come up for air long enough to, like, see it. Or, you know, deal with it. Or process it. It's pretty fucking weird. working so I gotta pay attention to this damn thing. Load motherfucker. Okay. Where am I going? Okay. Alright, so I'm gonna have to walk back. Where did I park? Okay, I'm pretty far away. I have to walk back and deal with that. Okay. Anyway, walking to work and talking to you guys. Um, you know, again, sorry if you get triggered, but if you're trying to understand the roots of power and you're trying to understand things like this book, you know, frankly, we did win the election, the Donald Trump phenomena. Well, you have to be willing to, to get into all that stuff because that's part of it. <laughs> you know, Charlottesville happened. Charlottesville happened because somebody behind the scenes perceived the world as the, the Jews are trying to buy up everything or control everything. Therefore, we have to have a response. And then you have Antifa, anti-fascists show up, and these other other groups. I don't even. I never even watched the tapes. I just know the story. I know the guy plowed into the to the crowd and killed people. 
and neo-Nazi groups show up and some pretty nasty elements of society. But these guys just didn't magically appear. You know, this shit was organized, right? Somebody put that in motion. So you might want to stop and contemplate who that somebody would be. And there are no good guys here. And there's nobody that's blatantly wrong either. It's like there's, there's stuff that's uncomfortable that gets into the roots of who owns what and how did it happen and who's going to own what. You know, what's the trend? That's where people really feel threatened. If the trend doesn't look like it's going your way or you look like you're on the decline. And in general, by the way, this is all against the backdrop of American decline. Like, are we, are we going to get real and get in front of our new challenges and start really having some good leadership? Or are we going to continue to squabble and be mired and be ripped apart to the point where we just disintegrate and we become a has-been? Because China's not fucking around, man. And I'm not suggesting we act like that. Who wants another authoritarian, one-party, surveillance state-bolstered, you know, you monolithic thing? You can't get, you can't criticize that. You can't go against that. You either fucking play the game the way that the leaders say play it, or you're going to get kicked off the field, or worse, locked up, or dead. Think that's not real? Look it up, you lazy bum. Look it up, you lazy fuck. Look up the Uyghur camps, the consecration camps in western China. They go into a region. They decide they want that. And they just, yeah, you know, when these guys are in the way, we thought, we thought they would just ignore it and not ask questions, but they're getting a little too inquisitive, a little too resistive. So we're going we're gonna to have to build some holding facilities, some re-education camps. You think that shit can't happen? Fucking always happens. And it almost just happened under Donald Trump's watch. He tried to use troops to put down Black Lives Matter protests in this country. That's what he did. That's what you're not willing to process that. Tried to use troops. Tried to conjure up the Insurrection Act, which is absolute garbage. It was not supposed to be used to quell minor, really... Very minor protests in, in cities, but they were completely blown out of proportion in the American media. I saw it in Rochester, you know. People, Rochester, New York, people were saying, Rochester's burning. Hey, dude, I drove through there with DoorDash in that neighborhood. There's like three burnt out things, two fucked up cars, and some dude that got beat up type thing. I mean, it was like that kind of scale. Give me a fucking break. I had my kids in the park one night in a Black Lives Matter Protests showed up spontaneously. I don't know where it seemed like. About, I don't know, probably 40 people or so. Flags going. And they were yelling at the Webster, New York, suburb of Rochester's police department. Because I guess they had been involved with something that was looked, looked to be heavy-handed or, you know, racist. And, you know, this country is racist. This country had a freaking racist history. And, and people can't seem to deal with that. They don't want to acknowledge that. That doesn't have to mean like you're giving up anything. It just means you gotta be honest, man. Let the fucking hate go. You know, and people get resentful. They're like, well, why should we have to pay re- uh, reparations? Fuck reparations. Fuck that. Let's just fix the whole goddamn thing. Let's, let's, let's quit picking teams and playing fucking bullshit. Which, by the way, these, like a bunch of puppet masters, you know, the same group that are fighting the high levels. Manipulating, creating things where Charlottesville happens. You know, you've got these proud boys and these different people showing up. Fuck that. It's puppet master shit. 
Let's rise up, the 99%, form our own party called the Eco-Pragmatist Party, where we are ecologically and environmentally uh, sound, but at the same time we're pragmatic. We're not a slave to stupidity and fucking moronacy. You know, we have power, we have utilities, we have freedoms, we have transports and cars and all that shit. We have an industry, but we also design it to minimize the effect on the environment and we maintain an environmental consciousness. And it's not just lip service, it's baked into the cake. We're committed to trying to keep figure it out. When we fuck it up, we keep going because we're pragmatic. Let's do that. Let's make our own talking points. Let's make, the, let's make the economic security, the American baseline economic security with all its freedoms. Let's bake that into the cake where you get up every day and you ain't fucking worried about shit all day. And you can choose to go to a job or you can choose not to go to a job. You don't have to go do it. What about that? You're afraid of that? Why? Told you, it reflects nature. That's what nature does. A lion doesn't get up and go punch a clock all day and fucking run around in circles and hang out in meetings and read stupid PowerPoints and listen to dipshit fucking quote-unquote teachers. They don't do that. They lick their fucking balls. They lay in the shade. They fucking take naps. They get up, cruise around for a minute, lay the fuck back down, chill out, then maybe run after something, grab something, a gazelle or some shit and eat. Fucking eat. Go back to sleep. Occasionally fuck. That's what a lion does. So what are you doing? Dipshit saying that that's unnatural or that's stupid or that's communism or any other stupid labels you want to put on it, you uncreative fuck. What we're doing now doesn't work, okay? It creates frustration, anger, misery, and suffering for the overwhelming majority of humanity. And yes, you could point to things, capitalism this, capitalism that, America's been good, you know, yeah. Understand some of that. Sure. We've had prevalent food, you know, bountiful food supplies. We haven't had a lot of conflict lately, you know, global warfare or stuff. We've had some, in, some adventures, some interventions. But we've been mostly unscathed by war for a while, most of us. It's been a pretty good run. Don't, don't, but don't act like this is the only thing it can be. That's my problem with you. This is all it can be. Or slightly more big government version of this. Or slightly less big government version of this. No, no. Scrap all of it. Let's call it that. That was America 2.0. Or America 3.0. Let's move into America 4.0. I, I'm going to go 4.0. Because it dovetails another movement that we should embrace. To have this great new economic reality for people. Which is Industry 4.0. Where you have artificial intelligence and robotics and the best of all science and technology coming together. The Internet of Things coming together. Additive manufacturing coming together. Rethinking how things are done. Having most forms of government interaction become a web app experience. You can also include your medical and educational needs that way. Largely a web app. It's you and your drive and your motivation and what you're curious about coupled with a non-bullshit web app to help you, help you guide, help hold your hand. This nonsense. The status quo is garbage now. It's not working. If you don't stop, you're going to end up with another Donald Trump. Someday it's going to be harder to remove, harder to deal with. Because what that book showed me is how on one end you got lay people working at Walmart that don't read, don't think, that think they know. Everybody thinks they know everything because of Dunning-Kruger effect type stuff. They don't know. They get involved with this stuff. They show up at these rallies, and there's no shortage of these people. By some measures, I think 50 million of these people. 
okay? And then the other 20 million are that fucking camp. All these rich fucks sitting around, listening to fucking cellos. They don't even like that music. They don't even know. They're not even really hearing the music. It's just there because it's, it's kind of like books in their house, right? It's books that look like decorative items, you know? How many people have books they've never read in their house or instruments they've never played sitting in their house or, you know, causes that they sign up for and do and they really have never dug into, well, what is this doing? Is it even effective? Is this even working? It's like most people don't don't go there. I don't know why. It's a curious psychological thing that I've uncovered as I've gotten into the water more with trying to figure shit out myself. It's like you get the psychology of super rich folks, which are these 80-year-olds at Miralago, that everything's working for them. They kind of like stirring a fucking pot, sticking it to the man, you know, flipping the fucking bird finger, telling people it's their problem, pull themselves up by the bootstraps, that, that mentality. And you got the other end, which are poor people looking for a boogeyman. They're going to find a boogeyman. They need a charismatic leader to step up and vaguely tell them what's going on, even though Trump made no sense. When you get in and study, the more you study, there was no plan, there was no vision, you know. It's 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 kind of scary because I can kind of relate to the guy and his style, in some ways, you know. It's fucking I'm gonna do what I want mentality. I'm gonna say what I want. I don't give a shit what you what you think. I don't have to listen to you. I can relate to some of that stuff, but at the same time, he had no historical background, no. No desire to learn or listen or try to really figure anything out. He was just inflammatory. And, you know, talk about somebody who's just angry all the time. That motherfucker was. Out of touch. Out of touch. He, dude, he was born with half a fucking billion dollars, something like that. Half a billion dollar head start in life. Give me a break. How's this guy going to represent the people? Get humanity to a better place? Give me a fucking break, people. So I got to go back to work. Again, get your head out of your ass. All of us. Be committed to learning. Stop thinking you know, because you don't. Don't be afraid to read the books, because it might help you understand and process things and heal. There was an insurrection. There's going to be another one, a worse one, a bloody one, if you fuckers don't get your heads out of your asses. And you leftist, oh, just, just I'll get back to you fuckers soon enough, because y'all ain't the fucking answer either. Y'all are just as fucking bad. But right now, I'm going to focus on what just happened with Trump. It's important. And we got to stop doing this left-right bullshit. Gotta form our own fucking party. Alright, be good. Later.